0: Lots to talk about this morning with the help of Global News reporter in Victoria, Richard Zussman, who joins us now. Good morning, Richard.
1: Good morning, Simi. How are you doing?
0: I am good, thank you. Uh, I guess better than we're doing overall when it comes to these COVID cases.
1: Yeah, so uh, record-breaking day yesterday, three days in a row of, uh, you know, the highest cases that we've seen in any single day. And, and this is an extension of what we've been seeing uh, for the last uh, few weeks and centered almost entirely around Fraser Health and even more specifically centered around Surrey. Uh, And we have seen uh, this growth of cases. And it's not like British Columbia is standing alone in this. In in almost every major jurisdiction in North America, we are seeing uh, rapid increases in cases and in most cases, record-breaking cases. Uh, And we haven't yet been able to see if the restrictions that were put in place a week ago Saturday are working. We're going to start seeing over the next few days whether those changes have had any impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if by the time we get to Thursday, uh, there uh, is no substantial change in terms of the number of cases going up, then we're going to have those restrictions in Metro Vancouver extended.
0: Right. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect, given that the numbers do keep going up, that we're going to see any kind of major change, right? Right.
1: And and it's all about sort of watching the different areas. And at this point, the contact tracers in Metro Vancouver are being pushed pretty thin, that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There are thousands and thousands and thousands of people in isolation. So those are people who have had close enough contacts uh, to those that have tested positive with COVID-19 for there to be fear that they themselves may have COVID-19. And because of that high number, uh, it's tough for contact tracers to keep up. But what contact tracers are trying to figure out is where are people getting the virus and how are they getting the virus? Yeah, And that's what Dr. Henry and her team are watching very closely because I wouldn't be surprised if on Thursday, we have an extension of those measures in Metro Vancouver, another two weeks. And then also, another or new restrictions that would come into effect and i'm not sure what those would be that would be connected directly to where we're seeing these cases continue to come from you know we know that a lot of this is driven by people inside their homes having gatherings and those gatherings are now banned but we also know that that's very hard to enforce and it's about trying to change people's behavior as we get into the rainy season and it's colder out and people want to be around, you know, their friends and those they love, it's just not the right time to do that. It is time to stay in your household or if you live alone with that very small household bubble of one or right. two others in order to to get past you know, this big spike that we're seeing.
0: And what do you think about the winter break uh, and and what to do with kids, like to extend the winter break then? Because we know that spring break made a big difference for us here in BC, right? That they were able to shut things down for spring break and it helped. What about this winter break idea?
1: Yeah, it's an interesting comparison to spring break. The big difference with spring break was all around travel and that people uh, we're traveling down south where we saw a lot of cases in the United States and, and they were very slow and are still slow to get up with a lot of the restrictions. Whereas now, you know, we have this virus everywhere in our community. And and some of the theories on having an early Christmas break would be basically to just press a pause, bring kids home, limit those points of transmission Uh, It's something that's being grappled with, but Dr. Henry raised a bunch of concerns about it yesterday. You know, the first is, you know, what do essential workers do uh, if um, their kids aren't in school? You know, in most cases, they'll send their kids Potentially to someone else's home, uh, that doesn't really solve the issue. And if it's different people's homes each day because of availability, then you're you know extending those lines of transmission. The others is that the older kids, those in high school, if they're out of school, you know instead of staying at home and playing video games, they may be out you know at the mall and and hanging out, and again increasing their potential risk and potential transmission if they're together uh, in small indoor places. And so those are the things that are being grappled with by the provinces. You know, what are the pros and cons of making a decision like this? We know Ontario is considering extending the break on the other end, keeping the kids in school all the way uh, until December 18th. But then Uh, keeping them at home in January uh, to sort of see what the results of the holidays were and, you know, provide a two-week buffer after Christmas uh, so that there could be some options uh, for families to gather at Christmas time. You know, I'm I'm not optimistic we're going to get to a point where Dr. Henry is recommending uh, that people gather indoors at Christmas together as extended families, and I think one of the challenges the province needs to weigh is, you know, what measures can they put in place to, you know, help either give people some ability to visit or... Potentially alleviate pressure on the back end after Christmas, knowing that people are going to break the rules anyways around the holidays.
0: That is so true. And yet, you know, the pressure seems to be on Dr. Henry to bring on this mask mandate, but she talked about it yesterday and I noticed maybe it was just me, but a change in her tone with this. Yeah, I think she's
1: kind of tired of these questions. It was a really substantial shift in her tone, <laughs> Simeon. And, and I'm not sure it's a message that's going to resonate And I know that there's an underlying current out there of this make masks mandatory. Yeah. And it is something that no doubt she has heard. And what she essentially said yesterday was, well, we already have a mandatory mask policy because every place where it's feasible to wear a mask, people are wearing them. And that includes, uh, in most cases, in those visible public spaces, indoor public spaces, when you go to the grocery store, when you go on the bus, you know, when you're in a crowded area at a school or a workplace, that is where masks are mandatory. And uh, Dr. Henry said that, you know, the WorkSafe BC guidelines ensure that masks are part of that plan. Well, the counter to that is a lot of uh, people who work at stores and working on buses are getting abuse for trying to um, not on buses because they are mandated there, but at a store they're Mm -hmm. getting abuse because they're trying to enforce a rule that is not mandated by the provincial health officer. And I asked Dr. Henry about that yesterday and it was about, you know, people following along the rules and being kind and working together. And ultimately though, for those calling for the mask ban, the, the biggest concern around spread are these indoor social gatherings. And in those situations, you are not wearing a mask anyways, or at those indoor fitness classes like yeah. yoga or dance or spin. You're not wearing masks in those situations anyways. And so, we haven't seen a huge amount of spread in those situations where people desperately want to see masks. So it's it's going to continue to be asked. It's going to continue to be part of the debate as we see other jurisdictions mandate masks indoors in public spaces. But at this point, it, it doesn't seem like Dr. Henry is going to budge at all. She has laid out what she believes the policy should be. We're, we're at, you know, full second wave here. So I'm not sure uh, unless some you know, groundbreaking scientific study came out proving that masks helped solve a lot of the issues. I just think Dr. Henry has made her decision here and, and there's going right. to be a lot of people who disagree with that.
0: But she makes, she makes a good point though on that way, the way you just explained it is that we know where people are getting COVID-19 and they're not like the mask mandate isn't going to stop people inside their homes.
1: Yeah, it, it is a very good point. And then the counter of that is why not just mandate masks then? Just, just, Right. do it so that people feel better. and False you know, sense
0: of security, she would argue. I know She's there saying- will be
1: exceptions. <laughs> yes. And, and I think people are already figuring out ways to behave indoors. And she doesn't want that false sense of security. But I think people are more concerned about protecting those employees who are being abused. Right. If this was easy, Simi, we wouldn't have COVID no in our community. <laughs> That's like so true. If it was simple to put in these mandates, uh, the virus would be gone. We were doing so well, and if it had all worked perfectly, all of this would be over. But it's not easy, and we're learning more about this virus. And you know, we're we don't want to follow our health officials blindly, but there are experts there around her. She's the one that everyone sees, and she gets people's applause when we do well, and she gets. The criticism we don't, but there are people all around the globe talking about these issues, and she mentioned that yesterday, that she is on those calls all the time with her national counterparts and international counterparts, you know, making these decisions around what we're finding is working the best. And and the the true problem in our province now are these social gatherings indoors where people wouldn't wear masks anyways, and that is where the province is targeting to try to get rid of this virus.
0: All right, Richard, thank you. Yeah, thanks, Amy. Richard Dutchman, our global news reporter, over in Victoria.